I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a dirty moderate. Dirty moderates, you'll allow me today um, indulgence, or maybe the way to say it is, will you indulge me uh, in a more philosophical uh, stay dirty, stay moderate? You know, I've long said, and when we started this podcast, what if I'm wrong? Or I don't know, maybe there's another way to look at it. Or let's not traffic in dogma. Let's think. Let's be critical thinkers. Let's reject um, any kind of idea that maybe we've held on to. A fancy word might be shibboleth like the biblical term, you know, something tried and true that we say, this is the way it is. Oh, maybe not. I say all this to say that we are in, uh, we're in home stretch. I think today when I record it's 19 days till the midterms, maybe 18, I don't know, irrelevant. When time you listen to this, we'll be closer to the midterms of the day I recorded it. And, you know, the fight is on. And I'm out there fighting every day. Everyone fights a different way for what they believe. And I fight for democracy. I fight on Twitter. I fight on Instagram. I fight right here. You know, not everybody has to be in elective office or work on a campaign. You too can be fighting. You can be volunteering. You can be phone banking. Um, you could be writing. You could be creating your own forum. A lot of different ways to engage and to gird for battle here because it is a battle. And this really is existential. Um, in a subsequent episode, I'm going to talk about a truly frightening essay I read in the Federalist, the Federalist Society's magazine, the Federalist Society founded in the early eighties as kind of a consortium of conservative judges and thinkers has morphed into a, oh gosh, an arm, you might say of what is now the Trump Republican party. And I'm going to talk about that another time, but it's relevant to this conversation because Democracy be damned, I call this, question mark. And no, I'm not giving up on democracy. I'm not. I would never do that. And I won't do that. And I don't think you should either. But I just want to make sure I'm checking myself and we're all having an honorable, honest, and real conversation. You know, we are still suffering the post-pandemic uh, effects. We are... Still in an uncertain place, not so much with the state of the pandemic, thanks to vaccines and thanks to um, all the efforts people made, and many of them didn't, toward pushing through this. Obviously, the pandemic's still there, but we are facing a lot of economic headwinds. Sure, unemployment uh, is at an all-time low, but inflation and gas prices and everything has, has really skyrocketed. Unfortunately, it's coincided with the Biden administration. Um, they've only taken power, what was it, January 2021. This midterm election will be a referendum. Um, and all the elections involved from governors, senators, congressmen, secretary of state will be a referenda on the Biden administration, on the party in power. That's what it's it's gonna be. Now, the Dobbs decision last June mobilized women and young voters in ways we hadn't anticipated in what otherwise probably would have been a ruby red year because, wow, it happened. The right to, the federal right to an abortion is taken away, thrown to the states. Lo and behold, 
If you're in a red state, GOP passing a ton of uh, horrible laws. Of course, Lindsey Graham introduces a federal ban, so on and so forth. But as the fall has uh, proceeded, um, it seems to be that data shows that people are swinging back to Republicans, people being independents, people like me. And I know I have a lot of listeners who are Democrats here. I have listeners who are Republicans. People like me, and I'm not saying I'm doing this because I'm I'm putting country first and voting blue, but a lot of independents who rejected Donald Trump in 2020 are certainly considering rejecting Democrats this year. Are they wrong? Are they still fervent believers in this 246-year-old experiment in democracy called America? Probably. Do they love the United States and believe in it as a free, as a free nation, um, as a beacon of liberty and hope, last best hope of Earth, as Lincoln said? Is that what they uh, believe? Probably. But the here and now in politics is material. It's brass tacks. It's at your doorstep. The bill is in your mailbox. Credit card bill, grocery bill, all that stuff. One thing that's disturbed me in this election year is seeing the Democratic Party, because they're on the back foot, because it is not entirely their fault, but some of this is, but not entirely, um, inflation is certainly global and all that, but that's not a real answer when you say, well, inflation is, you know, sky high in France or in the Netherlands. Well, people don't live there. They live here now and everything is practical in politics. You know, I learned a long time ago. It's our money. I pay my bills, pay my rent. My kid's going to be safe. That's it. You know, we have the luxury or I should say I do. You might call it the privilege of fighting for democracy because this is what I do. This is my daily bread. This is my life. This is what I'm here for. And I'm not going to not be able to do something, thank God, because of something inflationary, certainly buying food. And, you know, I may make other choices, but the basics are not um, a burden to me. But they are for a lot of people and the Democrats who play down inflation and gas prices really come across as out of touch and smug. None of this is to contradict the fight against authoritarianism, which the right currently um, threatens um, and, and, and promises. So I'm going to talk about this Federalist article, which is so horrific. It's a blueprint for fascism. But that aside, this existential election aside, the election that I've been railing about and fighting hard for, just like I did in 2020 before I even had this podcast, but this one even more you know, we've made the endorsements. We continue to, I always tell you, go to my substack, dirtymodic.com. I'll remind you again at the end so you don't forget. You can read what I have to say, my newsletter. I'm not really writing about what is the cost of milk right now. Maybe I should be. I can only do what I do. But don't think I'm not attuned to it. I consider myself a, a political animal. You know, I got my nose down to the ground. I don't think that I'm lofty. I might be educated. I might, you know, be part of the media or elite or whatever it is. But I, I consider myself not out of touch, you know, not living in a blue Los Angeles bubble where I live because I'm not even approving of what's going on here in California. And 
and what the Democrats in Sacramento are doing, what Gavin Newsom is doing and so forth. So I, I consider myself not just not in a blue bubble because I'm not blue and not just because I'm an independent either, but because I'm a real person and I have interfaced with all kinds of people. I love talking to all kinds of people, real people. They're my friends. They're my friends' friends or my family's friends. I'm not hanging in a gilded circle with all aristocrats and people who have trust funds. I mean, I'm dealing and trying to engage as many people in the fight for democracy. But you know what comes back to me a lot? I agree with you, Adam. It's, it's scary. I can't believe Republicans are this nuts. I can't believe abortion, abortion rights were overturned. I, I, I can't believe we're even talking about marriage equality. I can't believe the number of transgender bills. I can't believe, you know, that anybody would support Putin over Ukraine or over the United States. I can't believe that Donald Trump is evading justice still. I can't believe all the things. You go through the list. However, they say, what about our pocketbooks? You know, I'm feeling that. And I, you know, it, I hate to say it. They say, you know, I, the Democrats contributing to this. I'm an honest broker. Look, you know, we had a lot of COVID relief spending uh, between Donald Trump's last year. He did two stimulus bills. Um, and then Biden came in and did one COVID relief, which was about $2 trillion. So all in, I think it ends up being about $4 trillion of spending just in that not with counting infrastructure and, and all that. And yeah, while that is not the primary cause of inflation, the government did pump, pump a lot of money under Trump and Biden, by the way, not just Biden, into the economy. It was a lifeline. People were hungry, starving, couldn't pay their rent once in a hundred year pandemic. I'm not sure what else we should have, do, we should have done, but even some Democratic senators, Mark Warner of Virginia said this week to Bloomberg, yeah, it was too big and it got the economy too hot. Now the feds are trying to slow it down. And if you want to get a mortgage, it could be as high six and a half, seven percent. Those interest rates theoretically putting a break or a drag on rising prices. We have an inevitable recession, I think, coming because of it. People see that, you know, maybe they don't know what America looks like in an authoritarian way, as if it were some Latin American fascist country in 10 years. I don't know, you know, akin to that, that kind of you know, big gap between rich and poor and the erosion of political liberty, stuff like that. They don't, maybe they ponder, maybe they don't, but people who I speak to and people that I read about, and the real people, real people are worried about what things cost. They understand all this and that, and they enjoyed their $1,400 stimulus checks, their additional stimulus checks and their PPP and all that. But all of that comes at a price. I always say neither party cares about the debt. They don't. It's thirty trillion right now. I mean, you can't say that's not real money. You know, we pass things now. Oh, this is only a two trillion, and this would be five trillion. Well, somewhere between three and ten trillion. The numbers are so cavalier as to be laughable, as to be scary in how cavalier they are. And I'm saying that to say that the government operates that way, and the government bears some responsibility. Not all. There is global inflation, as I said, and there are other forces at work. And, you know, OPEC cut its oil supply. And the United States, by the way, has scaled back its domestic oil production in a sort of anti-fossil fuel crusade that the left has wanted. Oil companies have been a little bit gun shy about drilling more, but also, you know, they're investing in green technologies too. And there's a hesitance to 
drill, baby drill, right? As they say, because of the ramifications. Of course, oil companies are making profits, but people say, why aren't they taking the unused leases that Biden provided? Well, they're, they're tentative. I don't think it's all collusion. I think they're worried. And you know what? Energy independence would be good. Now we got to go to the Saudis and get it. And the Saudis, by the way, own our biggest oil refinery, Port Arthur, down in Texas in the Gulf. They own that. So we, I want us to be energy independent. And we're not going to be run entirely by renewable energies right now. And people who say, well, it's got to be by 2030, it's not going to be. And so there's a lot of pain involved that leads to oil prices and, and, and the shock of a sticker price of things, whether it's food or gas and all that that comes with it because we are in a transitional economy. But we can't accelerate to a place that we can't afford to go. That's part of it too. Enough gaslighting. Yeah, some of this this is a stimulus bill. Some of this is Biden spending. Some of it's Biden-Trump spending. Some of it is the way we've operated our energy policies. All of that does factor. I voted for Joe Biden. We all know that. I like Joe Biden. I like a lot of what he's doing. I like everything he's doing, but that's okay. I'm not going to vote for an authoritarian. I'm certainly going to vote for Trump. I'm not going to vote for these clowns running for a lot of reasons, even if theoretically, they're supposed to be the fiscal conservatives. They're not. They spend, you know, like drunken sailors, as you know. All that said, great, well and good. Who did what to who and when, as a history teacher of mine used to question us. None of it matters who did what to who when. Here we are. And according to Forbes, from an article dated October 13th, so that's just a week ago or whatever, a few days ago, actually, here are the items that have seen some of the largest price increases over the past 12 months. Okay, The 12-month, one-year change in inflation is 8.2%. 40-year high, folks. We haven't seen this since the end of the Carter years, early Reagan years, when they had to pull out of this. Meat, poultry, fish, and eggs, 9% increase. Fruits and vegetables, 10.4% increase. Electricity, 15.5% increase. Utility, piped gas service, right? 33%. Airline fares are up 42.9%. Rent among primary residences is 7.2% increase. 19 days till the midterms. And people are wondering, what should I vote on? Should I vote on whether or not I can afford to buy little Jimmy another pair of sneakers? Can I, should I vote on whether or not Kevin McCarthy should be Speaker of the House? I'm angry. I'm hurting. Pocketbook issues. James Carville, it's the economy stupid. Bill Clinton rode that to the presidency, defeating an incumbent in George H.W. Bush 30 years ago. This right now, yeah, November 92. We can fight inflation to save democracy at the same time and not vote for fascists. We have to be able to do two things at once. What else do I say on this podcast beside, am I wrong? I say both things can be true. So you better believe I'm aware of some of the problems that I wish the Biden administration would handle differently. And I'm not attacking them, please. Before everybody clutches their pearls and freaks out and 
acts like I'm doing the work of the RNC. Far from it. I'm voting blue. Voting for a lot of people I don't even agree with. Just did my ballot. So local races, I may not vote blue on, but that's a different story. But overall, for national elections, I do not want the national Trump-Publican Party in power. They must be defeated. They must be banished. Their manifesto is not conservative. When I'm going to talk about this Federalist article next week, I'm going to write about it too. It's not. They say we are not conservative. It's radical. It's revolutionary. It is using the government in a fascist way to punish its opponents, punish big tech, punish parents who take their kids to drag shows. All of this is in there. Scary. Throw them in jail if they do that. Have abortion with no exceptions. None. Rape into all that is on there. That's what the Federalist Society is calling for, the nation's leading premier legal conservative organization. That's what you'd be empowering or you'd be creating a glide path toward if the Republicans take over Congress. And they just may. But they may because people are hurting and fed up. And I know how hard it is to run against the economy being hard. And I speak to my liberal friends and they say, I mean, my God, I mean, his unemployment's low and we're so much better off and look at Biden's leadership. Okay, well, all of that's true. It's so infinitely better of Joe Biden. He's handled the Ukraine crisis beautifully. He did prove himself worthy and sturdy to lead us out of the pandemic, uh, to get the vaccination uh, program out as much as he could, um, to, to send another lifeline to people, to invest in infrastructure. Other things I didn't like as much. I mean, the original Build Back Better bill, which became the Anti-Inflation Act, which doesn't reduce inflation, by the way, uh, clearly, um, was originally conceived as something to the tune, and I think it passed at $3.5 trillion. It was supposed to be $6 trillion, but, a ri- but even beyond that, the Bernie crowd, I think they want it to be $12, 13000000000000 trillion. Yeah, I'm not making this up. The numbers are, you know, what's a trillion here and there? So the saying goes, that's where we're at because money seems to have a flippant meaning. And as a result of that, people aren't feeling so flippant. They're feeling serious about eggs, milk, gas. People are literally deciding whether or not they should spend money on an air, an airline ticket to go away. a big article about this, or they should drive. In some cases, if they find a cheap enough airplane ticket, even though airplane tickets are up, they'll do that because driving will cost them more because of the price of gas. I mean, even if the average price of gas is $3.80 or $4 or $3.20, I mean, that's not good. California's almost seven bucks. We have a horrible excise tax. They won't do a gas tax holiday. They're not doing anything to really help people. And I and I understand the anger because I believe government spends too much. And it's always the law of unintended consequences. Great idea. We're gonna spend our way to hope and utopia. Nope. So now after giving people a lifeline, we've created a regressive tax system. That's what inflation is. Right? If your rent's up 7.2%, that's a tax. If inflation's up this time last year, 8.2% is a tax. 
You're spending 9% more on your meat and your chicken and your flounder and your snapper or whatever. Your eggs, it's up 9%. It's a tax. Fruits and vegetables, your bananas, your apples, come on. 10.4% more. You're paying 15.5%, 15.5% more on your electric. Your gas, gas, 33%. Pipe gas, that is. If you're trying to travel for the holidays for your family, you're looking at airfares at 42.9%. Again, I went over those numbers to drive the point home. The point being is I'm just pondering today. I'm musing aloud. Is there a luxury to just being able to fight for democracy? Maybe. Is there a necessity or a prioritization of people's economic needs? Yeah, I think it's true. I think both things are true. So I put it to my listeners and my voters to say, just so you know, I hear you. I'm not a Democrat. I'll say it again. Spinning propaganda because I want to win for Biden or I want to see a blue senator house. I do want to see blue senator house and I do with policies I don't entirely agree with because I think crimson red means authoritarianism. I don't want to see that in power. And I think we should be able to do both. And make no mistake, democracy is a precious thing. As they say, some wise person once attributed to Winston Churchill, but I think it was said by many, you know, democracy uh, is the worst system only because all the others have been tried. You know, it's just the best of the worst. In other words, I'm angling the clip. Anyway, it's the best of the worst systems. That's how government is so flawed. We can't expect perfection. Democracy is the best thing we've seen thus far. Democracy doesn't care. If you are tired, democracy doesn't care if you're spent from 2020. I don't mean monetarily, I mean spiritually. We're in this spiritual war as a fight for democracy. And I know that's hard because it's not as if we're in an actual, there's an actual land war in Europe, but it's not like the United States has been invaded or it's 9-11 where we feel, oh my God, we got to go to war. Dr. Oz, J.D. Vance, Herschel Walker, all these hucksters, they don't give a rat's ass about inflation, about your pocketbook, about your tax rates. They're there to do the GOP's bidding. They don't. They don't care. Remember that. And that's what you're voting for. You're voting for that. And guess what? You know what sucks more than inflation, more than the high gas prices, high food? You know what sucks more than that? The America that you know and love turned into something Ugly and nasty and authoritarian. Yeah. Call it what you will, but a far-right-led America where the government is used as a weapon to punish, it's going to be big, it's just going to be big in a different way, is not a country you're going to want to live in. So the economy always is temporary. But you better believe democracy should be here to stay, but that's up to you. Folks, 
Thanks for joining vote.org, vote.org, vote.org. Subscribe to the podcast and our Substack at dirtymoderate.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find the podcast. We are doing extensive midterm 2022 coverage. We have a Why Vote campaign. We do a deep dive in all the key races across the country uh, coming up for the for uh, the big midterms, existential midterms. We do both. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at dirty moderate and as always stay dirty folks stay moderate and of course stay safe